Blog Talk Radio. All right, all right, all right, all right. This is Elder G. Bazaar. This is Elder G. Bazaar in Warren, Ohio. This is Watchman on the Wall, End Time Radio Ministry. Good evening, good evening, good afternoon. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the one and only, the true living God, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. It's a pleasure to be with you this afternoon getting into the word of God, the glorious gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the, 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 the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We're here to let you know that one thing about it, one thing about it, one thing about it, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, is coming back to this earth. He's coming back in the voices of archangels and descend from heaven with the shout, and the voice of the archangels are going to do a uh, a trumpet blow, a trumpet blow, because the Bible says in First Thessalonians four seventeen, the Lord Himself shall des- descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of archangels, and the dead in Christ shall rise, and we that remain alive shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. What is that? What's the Bible? That's the Bible. That's the rapture, the rapture of the church. What church? the church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and no other church. There's only one church on this earth that's true, one church. Now, there's there's another church called the false church. This false church carries false religion. And one thing about Christianity, Jesus Christ is not a religion. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And a lot of people say Christianity is weak. Christianity is, is, is not real, but Christianity is not a religion. It is not a religion announcement. It is a relationship, a divine relationship with Jesus Christ by the blood of the cross. That's the only way you can become a Christian. The only way is you got to repent and turn from your sins and believe on the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ of his uh, his atonement that he made on Calvary's cross. In other words, it's the death, the birth, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ that can bring true salvation. Because the Bible says, what What did the Bible say? I ain't talking about your Bible. I'm talking about the Bible that God wrote. I'm not talking about my Bible. My Bible reads like this. Amen. My Bible reads like this in the book of Acts 4.12. It says, there is no other name. No other name given unto heaven whereby men can be saved than the name of Jesus Christ. Whoa, the church is what? The body of Christ. The church is not the building. The church is not the pews. The church is not the pulpit. The church whoo, that I'm talking about is a living divine organism which is operated and under the guidance of the Holy Ghost through Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ told what? He told the disciples after the resurrection, after the resurrection, he stayed up on earth 40 days and 40 nights, and he proved himself, infallible proof, that this is Christ. Woo, let me read that. Let me read that in the book. I'm not talking about no ordinary book. The Bible is the only book on this planet, amen, that's written by the inspiration 
of holy men as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. In other words, God was in it. God was in the Holy Ghost. God is the Holy Ghost. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. It means that God is in the flesh in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is one. God is one. The Holy Ghost is one. They operate on the co-equal. There's no such thing as three gods. Amen. There's a triune God, a triune God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost was given what? After the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We know the Holy Spirit exists before the, 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 the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, the Holy Ghost came and went. It came and went. It, it was not able to live inside of man. Amen. It came upon man. Men was inspired by the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. But let me tell you, the Holy Spirit was not there to stay in a bowl forever until what? Until what? The after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ raised from the dead. He told the disciples to go back down to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father, and he's going to send you some power, some power, I mean, Holy Ghost, sanctified power. And it's not all in jumping and shouting. It's not all in speaking in tongues. It's not all in all that a lot, of, a lot of people put on that, but it's in the love of God. When you become a child of God, your life is changed. It is changed miraculously. It is changed until the world know you change. It's changed until you know you change. It's changed until you can say hallelujah. Praise God, now I can be a what? A child of God through the new birth. The new birth is what? Being born again. Being born again. Ooh, what you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about the new birth. Jesus talked about it. Jesus talked about it. I said, gee, nobody else talked about it like Jesus did. Jesus, oh, my God. Let, let me get this word out. This word out says, in, before we get to the new birth, this word out says that in the book of Acts, Jesus told his disciples after he had been up on the earth 40 days and 40 nights, he told them, I'm going away, and if I go away, I will come again. And when I come, I'm coming in power and great glory. But before I come again, I'm going to send you some power. So what? So what you... This power that I'm talking about, this is what he said. In the first chapter of Acts, 8 verse, it says, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost, that's God in the Spirit, that's God right there in the Spirit, and now God is able to live through the human race. He's able to save people through Jesus Christ because when Christ died, he paid the penalty for sin. He paid it, paid it all. When he paid it all, he suffered, died, and rose again. He took the wrath of God on himself. That's what he done. God took his own wrath through his son and let his son be crucified. That the sin that he bore wasn't his own sins. It was the sins of the world. God took his wrath up on his own son, Jesus Christ, and 
It was so awful. It was so nasty. It was so mind-boggling. It was so filthy. The sin that man did, God could not look at himself, and that's why Christ called out, hanging on the cross, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? God forsaken himself to take the wrath of God up on his son for you, for me. For your lying, your backbiting, your hypocriting, your homosexuality, your whoremongering, your 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 your, your, your half-hearted so-called religion. A lot of people say, "I got religion." You don't have no religion. That religion that you have is your self-religion. See, religion is a act of service, and the Bible said, "Man is born in sin, shaped in iniquity." Our mother. And fathers received us and conceived us by the seed of man. And see, by man being born in sin and shaped in iniquity, that was caused by Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve disobeyed God, the whole human race was cut off from God, cut off, bound for hell. Because let me tell you this now, Scripture, Scripture says, Jesus said, what Jesus said, I believe it. What Jesus said would stand forever. What Jesus said wasn't no Mickey Mouse speech. Jesus said, hell, listen to what I'm saying. Hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. That was hell prepared for. Because Satan, Lucifer, Beelzebub, the dragon, the wicked one, the anointed cherubim, Lucifer, rebelled against God in heaven. He started this mess in heaven. He tried to overthrow God's omnipotent power. He tried to take the place of God. And he re- tried to remove the eternal one, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the one that was self-existent, the one that always existed, the one that was all by himself. He tried to overthrow the eternal one in heaven. And by that, God dethroned him and cast him. And when he cast him to earth in the book of Deuteronomy 32, in the book of Deuteronomy 32, 22, it says, listen, oh my God, I didn't mean to go this route. But I'm going to go this route anyway, amen, to make it clear for you. Here's where, here is where Jesus said, backed it up, hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. And here in the book of Deuteronomy, if you get that book, you go to the 32nd chapter of Deuteronomy, 22nd verse. Let's see what we can find out real quick. Amen. I want to delay your time. I want to get all I have to say within the next two hours. Amen. To get you to a place where it says this in the book of Deuteronomy. So when you get ready to go to the book of Deuteronomy, you can read it for yourself. Amen. Listen, 32.22 in the book of Deuteronomy, it says, For a fire is kindled. This is this is Moses writing. He said, For a fire is kindled in mine anger, 
What anger? The anger that God had for Lucifer after he tried to dethrone God. And not only did he try to dethrone God, he took one-third of the angelic angels, of the holy angels, and he convinced one-third of the heavenly hosts of heaven to go with him to rebel against God in heaven and take over the whole realm of the heavenly host and dethrone God and put himself on the throne and rule not just heaven, the universe, the quasars, rule the stars, rule the moon. But he didn't have the power to do that. If, if Satan would have got on the throne and dethroned God, the whole creation would have collapsed. Good God Almighty. That would have been nothing. Because he don't, Satan don't have the divine power. He had divine power, but he lost it when he tried to dethrone God. And by him having that kind of power, he thought that he was beautiful enough to dethrone God. And God dethroned him and cast him to the earth. When he cast him to the earth, God rolled up an anger, an anger for a fire, F-I-R-E, is kindled in my anger and shall burn unto the lowest of hell and shall consume the earth with her increase and set on fire the foundations of the mountains. Listen to what I'm saying. The world now is under the influence of Lucifer, under the influence of the devil under influence of wicked angels, under influence with Nephilim. It's got wicked spirits that ruling the earth. Why? Because in Corinthians, uh, first Corinthians, I think it's four and four, it says that the God of this age, the, who's the God of this age? Lucifer is the God of this age. Satan is the God of this age. He is ruling mankind now, and he's trying to dethrone, still trying to dethrone God. He's still trying to take the place of God. He's still trying to rule the universe and the world. And guess what? He's failing every day. And here's where, here's where the problem comes in. When God put Adam and Eve in that garden, and the, the serpent came in amongst Adam and Eve. And God had already told Adam and Eve, of all the trees in the Garden of Eden, up there by the tip of the Euphrates River, up there by the head where the Euphrates River is formed in Mount Ariat, and there were four rivers that were formed around the Garden of Eden. That's the, the river of Pison, the, the river of, of, of Gideon, and the river of the Euphrates, and the river of, of uh, let's see, it's Pison, it's the Gideon River, it's the Tigris River, and it's the Euphrates River. And God planted a beautiful garden, oh, extravagant garden. And he formed man out of dust of the ground. He formed man 
Then he formed woman and he put them in the garden and he gave them freedom to eat of all the trees in the garden. And as he ate all the trees in the garden, God pointed out a tree in the midst of the garden called the tree of knowledge of knowledge of good and evil. He said, now that tree, don't you touch. Don't you touch it. But as long as you don't touch it, you can eat from the tree of life. You can eat from all the other trees. But the day you touch the tree of knowledge, listen to what it says, of knowledge of good and evil, you are going to die. You are going to be a dead man walking. You are going to be cut off from the eternal one. You are going to be shifted over to the power of Satan, and Satan can take control of the human race. He can foul the human race up, because when Adam and Eve saw the garden, he knew what God had told him straight face to face. Don't eat of it. Don't touch it. The day you eat thereof or touch it, you shall surely die. You shall be cut off from me. You shall be on your own. Satan is going to be your master. Satan is going to be your father. Satan is going to be the one that rules your life. But let me tell you, Adam and Eve walked in the garden. I don't know how long they walked in the garden. I don't know if it was 30 30 years before they fell. I don't know if it was 10 years before they fall, but Satan just didn't come in there and just take over. It was a period of time in, in the period of time that they, he worked on uh, Adam and Eve. That was the first time I believe he decided to say, I'm going to go to what? I'm not going to go with Adam. Adam knows too much. Adam knows if he touched that tree or eat that tree, he's going to die. So old Lucifer, Slewfoot, Bigfoot, Lucifer said he milled around and milled around. And he said, wait a minute. I got an idea. I'm going to go to the woman first, and I'm going to deceive her. I'm going to trick her. I'm going to con her. I'm going to investigate and see how she's thinking. And Lucifer came to Eve. Woo! Lucifer came to Eve first. Remember that now. He came to Eve. And when he came to Eve, let's see what he said. Let's see what serpent Lucifer said. He said this. Now the serpent was more subtle, subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, yeah, there you go. Yeah, has God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said, into the serpent, the devil, Lucifer, the fallen one, the wicked one, the old dragon, he said, and the woman said, into the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, this is what he said, God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. The first lie that ever was told, he told the woman, ye shall not surely die. For God knoweth, or God knows that in the day you eat thereof, then you 
Then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods. Do you hear what I said? As gods. There is a religion today that teaches that we we are little gods. We know we 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 are gods, and it, it, it says this. Listen, and God said, "You know that the day you eat thereof, you shall be your eyes shall be open, and you shall become as gods, knowing." Good and evil. And when the woman saw the tree was good for for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree was being desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave it unto her husband. With her husband, with, with her, and he ate. He did eat. Now the devil came, the the the, the, the wicked, malignant, fallen angel came to Eve and said. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was number one, pleasant to the eyes, lust of the flesh, lust of the flesh, it made. Her thing, how beautiful it is. I want to see what it's like. And the tree to be desired to make one wise, the pride of life, the pride of life. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat, constitutes the fall, and gave also unto her husband and with her, and he did eat. This is why the world, the whole world, is in the shape that it's in now. Satan took this right out of God's hands by what? How was it taken out of God's hand? It was taken out of God's hand because Adam and Eve disobeyed God. Lucifer talked to Eve. Eve talked to Adam. And Adam said, "Uh uh-oh, I know what's going to happen if I eat this fruit of knowledge of good and evil. I know what's going to happen. And that's why Lucifer, the devil, came to Eve because it's easy for a woman to be deceived than man. Man knew because man was the head of creation. Man was the leader of, of God's creation. He put him first on the earth, and then he brought him what? He brought him animals, and animals he named. Adam named every animal on the planet. Every animal that you see today, Adam named it. And when he got through naming the animal, he told the Lord God Almighty, I can't find a help me for myself. I can't find nothing. I can't. I don't see nothing in no monkey. I don't see nothing in no gorilla. I don't see nothing that looks like me. I don't see nothing that's made in your image like me. Woo! And he said, oh, I can't find a helpmate for me. Why? Because God hadn't made woman yet. So what he did, he took Adam and put him in a deep sleep and w- took one of his ribs and he formed what? Woman out of the dust of the ground and brought her to he- Adam, and Adam looked at Eve, and when he saw Eve, he said, whoa, bones of my bone and flesh of my flesh, 
I'm going to be able to call her woman because she was taken out of the midsection of man. So woman came from man, and when woman came from man, he, she was made in the image of God and do what she saw uh, God made Adam. He said, now, that's what I'm looking for. That's what I want. I want a woman. Well, how many women was in the Garden of Eden? There was only one. Who made that woman? Who created that woman? God made it, and he brought her to Adam, and Adam was saying, bones of my bones and flesh of my flesh, and ye shall be called what? Woman, womb, woman, come from the midsection. And then when that happened, guess what? Satan said, oh, he got so jealous. He got so jealous of what God had made. He made human beings after his likeness. He got so jealous. He said, oh, I want to destroy this. I'm going to get rid of this. I'm going to malignant this. I'm going to destroy man from the get-go because Lucifer was jealous because he had got dethroned from heaven. He had been cast in the pit. Hell was being prepared for him. He was going to hell for sure even if he didn't have the time enough to deceive man and cause the destruction that's in the world today because it's been 6,000 years of Satan ruling what not mankind, but ruling the family, ruling the nation, ruling the families, ruling everything that seemed and made in the image of God and broke the ties with God and made God's hangry at Adam and Eve, and God had to cast him out of the garden and told him, you will never return until I make restitution, until I bring redemption, until I be able to be able to do something for man that no other human being or no other God can do. I'm going to redeem man. I'm going to do it in my time. And it's been 6,000 years. But let me tell you the full First 4,000 years, man was going around without a redeemer. Good God Almighty. Man didn't have a redeemer, but God was doing uh, foreshadows. He was doing types and shadows. He was doing allegories. He was doing parables. He was doing all kinds of signs to let you know I'm going to send a redeemer. And it took 4,000 years for him to get here. And when he got here, it was a fullness of time. God sent his own son. And when he sent his own son, he sent it through the seed of a woman. And he told one, he told uh, uh he told the devil back in the Garden of Eden, I'm going to sit a seed between your seed and her seed. You shall bruise his heel, and he's going to bruise your head. That was the crucifixion of Jesus Christ in the foreshadow. Ooh, can you understand what I'm trying to tell you? 4,000 years, God promised, I'm going to send a redeemer. I'm going to send a individual that's able to conquer death, hell, and the grave. I'm going to save mankind. Yes, that's what he said. That's what he said. And that's what God has done. And it took 4,000 years. And about 4 B.C., Jesus Christ was born in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes. That was the seed that was promised 4,000 years ago. And when he came here, he came here for one reason. He came here for one reason. 
He just didn't come to walk on the water. He just didn't come to heal the sick and raise the dead. He just didn't come to give you material blessings. He just didn't come to walk and turn water to wine. He just didn't come to feed 5,000 and then go back to heaven. He just didn't come to heal the widow. He just didn't come to to, uh, to raise the dead and cast out devils. One thing that he came for, if he wouldn't have did one miracle on the planet, he came to do one thing, and that was somebody Somebody, somebody had to die. Somebody had to be crucified. Somebody had to be whipped. Somebody had to be nailed to a piece of wood and hung between heaven and earth uh, and suffered for six long hours. Not only for six long hours, but he suffered when they whipped him. He suffered in the Garden of Gethsemane. He suffered all the way until the last word that was said before he passed away or before he died. He said, it. It's finished. It is done. Why? Because Jesus Christ took the wrath of God upon himself, and that wrath was called by sin, and man sinned, and that wrath, God was angry. God was angry. God was angry at man. Why? Because he has sinned against him. And when you sin against God, you bring up anger. God gets upset. God can't stand sin. He can't stand adultery, fornication. He can't stand lying and backbiting. He can't stand gambling. He can't stand killing and murder. But the Bible tells me Satan had to take his flight. Satan had to take his rule because man gave his soul, gave his life, gave his uh, uh, power over to Satan. And God had to let Satan follow his trail. But following the trail all alone. God was preparing a redeemer. He was preparing a redeemer so he could save man's soul forever. Do you hear what I'm saying? Jesus Christ died. God himself died. Now, you say, if he died, what you mean? God can't die. God could not taste death until he become human. God don't know what death is until he died on Calvary's cross. God didn't know what sin was like until he paid the penalty for sin. And he had to do that. He knew he had to do it. Because John 3.16 said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And there was no so-called religion around that did that. There was no occult around. There was no man around. There was no super superhero around able to do with Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ was not no superhero. He was a son of the living God. He was God in the flesh. He was manifested in the flesh. He was seen of angels. He was justified by the Spirit. And now he received up in the glory. And since he's been gone to heaven and since he's been gone to glory in the book of Acts, it tells you that Jesus told this. This is what he told him. This is what Jesus told him. He said this in the book of Acts. This is the birth of the church. Because for 6,000 years, Satan had the power of over death, hell, and the grave. He had the power of sin. 
and God used holy men from the time of Seth to through Noah to through 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 Enoch all the way down through Shem all the way down to the patriarchs. I'm going to send a seed, and this seed was God Himself, God Himself in human flesh. He had to die. He wanted to die. He knew that there was no other way in the universe, in eternity, in the ions and the eons, way back into eternity, because eternity had no end. There was nobody capable enough of doing what God did through his son, Jesus Christ. And that was that God became flesh, human flesh. He had eyes. He had a blood system. He had veins. He had kidneys. He had all the faculty and all the anatomy of a man. And he cried. He got hungry. He got upset. He was a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. He he did things beyond any man ever done. But there's one thing he knew he had to do. He had to go to the cross. Do you know what I'm saying? He had to go to the cross. The cross didn't mean nothing until Jesus died. When Jesus died and came back from the dead and was resurrected on the third day morning, the power became powerful in the cross. All the men that died after Jesus on the cross, all the men that died before Jesus on the cross, they had no power until Jesus Christ changed the power of the cross. The power of the cross before Jesus Christ was execution. You died. That's it. But when Jesus Christ hung on the cross, he died. But the power of the cross came after the resurrection because Jesus Christ was the only man that was resurrected from the dead on his own power. No other man ever did that. No other creature ever did that. No other angel, no other human being, no other patriarch. Moses couldn't do it. Isaiah couldn't do it. Jeremiah couldn't do it. David couldn't do it. Malachi couldn't do it. Nahum couldn't do it. All the great men of the Bible could not do what Jesus Christ done. So when Christ came, he was God, all God. Always God, never ceased to be, never had a beginning, became a human being, a man. And that man, whoo, that man is Jesus Christ. He died and came back from the grave on his own power. And that was the atonement to make for man's sin. And the atonement is working today. People are getting saved by the power of the cross. People getting saved by the power of the cross. People getting saved by the power of the cross. The drunkards are being saved. The homosexual being saved. The liars being saved. The 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 prostitutes are being saved. The homosexuals being saved. The lesbians being saved. Men are being saved in the jailhouse. Men are being saved on the street corners. Men are being saved in the in the house in the church. But let me tell you something. God is coming out of the church. Woo! You know where God is going? You know where Christ is going? Christ is going on the streets now. 
people are preaching it on the street. Preachers are preaching behind an iron curtain. Preachers are preaching in insane asylum. They're preaching it everywhere that Jesus Christ died and rose again and is coming back to get a church. And he's going to make a pickup after a while. Oh, yes, he is. He's going to pick up a whole lot of people in prisons. He's going to pick up a whole lot of people in the same asylum. He's going to pick up people in the hospital. He's picking up people right now, and he's saving souls every day while in the church house. Woo! Uh, in the church house, people are lagging around. People have the form of godliness because they haven't met the man that died on the cross. They haven't met the man that was resurrected from the dead. They haven't met the man that healed the sick and raised the dead. They haven't met the man that got all power in heaven and in earth in his hand. Oh, yes. You know what? People got it mixed up. They got it mixed up. They think because you go to church that you say. No, you ain't. There's a lot of people in a lot of churches have never met Jesus Christ. Y'all hear me what I'm saying? A lot of people going to church that have never met Jesus Christ. In the early church, there was no buildings. You know what people did in the early church? Early church went from house to house. They sold their houses. They gave up everything, and they went from house to house preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. The church was introduced to the world under the, the rulership of Constantine. When Constantine said he's going to make Christianity the state religion, and the reason why he did that, because the, the devil was making a plan to get inside the church. He wanted to get in there and change the order of service. He was getting ready to get in there and change the order of worship. And when Constantine got inside the church, he said, I'm going to make Christianity the state religion. But yet and still, Constantine was never converted because if he was converted, he never would have tried to join paganism with Christianity. And that's what's going to happen today because people today are in paganism trying to claim Christianity. But Christianity ain't got nothing to do with paganism because paganism is false worship. Paganism is setting up idols. Paganism is trying to serve God and man at the same time. Paganism will never stand. The only thing will stand is the blood of Jesus Christ. And if you haven't claimed the blood of Jesus Christ with all your mind and all your soul and all your heart and turn from your wicked ways, you're still in paganism. Because the Bible says, if a man therefore be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, everything become new. If you say you're a Christian and you haven't come from amongst the heathens and come from amongst fornication and come from amongst wine and drinking and lying and cheating and still going to bars, if you're still out there calling yourself to be a child of God, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and you're still partaking in the worldly, worldly get-go, something is wrong somewhere, and it ain't God. It ain't Jesus Christ. It's you. 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 Listen to what it says in the book of Acts. It says, being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait. You hear what I said? Wait for what? Wait for the promise of the Father. Which he would say, he, he, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water. Yeah. 
but you shall be baptized with a holy, holy, holy God, holy ghost, holy spirit. You shall be baptized with the comforter. You shall be baptized with the intercessor. Jesus Christ will baptize you with fire and the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost who give you a holy mind, give you a holy way, give you a holy speech, give you a holy walk, give you a holy talk. Good God Almighty, it will change you from death to life. It will give you victory. It will give you love. Good God Almighty, I'm talking about love. I'm talking about God's love. The Bible says, if a man says, if a man says, if a woman says, if a boy says he loved God and hate his brother, he's a liar and the truth is in him. How can you love God whom you've never seen and your brother's right here? The Bible says when you become to know Jesus Christ and become a new creature, you change from death to life. And now you don't hate nobody. No, you don't hate nobody. You love everybody. Yeah, somebody said if you got good religion, you love everybody. But some people say they got the religion and got uh, they know Jesus Christ and they don't love nobody. They love certain folks. They love mm, they love white folks. They love some love black folks. Black folks don't love some white folks. White folks, what that ain't God's love. The God's love, He loves everybody. I mean, He loved the unlovely. He loved the drunkard. He loved the liar. He loved the backbiter. But He don't love how the backbiters living. He don't love those that are living in sin. He don't love those um. That's walking up right. That's not walking up right. Now, what I mean by he don't love you, he don't love that sin that's in you. God don't love sin. God ain't never petted sin. God ain't never. He when he came down here, he didn't come down here to pet sin. He come down here to die for sin. So when he died for sin, he died for sin, so that you wouldn't have to die in sin and go to hell. He died for you. He took your place. He took the nails when the nails should have been in your hand. He took the whipping when the whipping should have been on you. He took the, the, the hanging for six long hours because you couldn't do it. You wouldn't be able to handle it. You came up because you were a sinful creature. All have sinned. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That what God wants to do, he wants to save your soul. And when he saved your soul, he wipes out sin. The blood of Jesus Christ wipes out sin. And so now your soul and your spirit is sinless. It's sin. Uh-oh. Your soul is sinless when you come to know Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ makes you sinless. It washes away your sin. It eliminates sin. It destroys sin. It tells the sin got to go. When the Holy Ghost comes in by the blood of Jesus Christ, it sanctifies you. It sets you apart from sin. Now you're no longer a sinner. You are a saint. You are a saint, not by how good you are, how bad you are. You are a saint because of the blood of Jesus Christ sanctify your soul and make you whole. It separates you from the devil. It separates you from the demons. It separates you from the lie. It separates you from the whoremonger. It separates you from backbiting. It separates you from talking and dogging folks. It separates you from hate. It separates you from every low-down, dirty, rotten thing that Satan can bring upon you. It separates your soul now. You can claim joy. 
comes in the morning. My weeping is at night, but my joy comes in the morning. Why? Because I'm set free from sin, death, hell, and the grave. And the grave is cruel. The grave is mean. The grave don't have no respect to person. The grave can only accept wickedness. The grave cannot accept righteousness. Why? Because Jesus Christ came out of the grave with all power in heaven and earth. And if you die in righteousness of Christ, if you die in the blood of Jesus Christ, when the trumpets blow, they tell me, you're coming out of the grave. You're coming out of the grave because the grave can't hold you. Good God Almighty, if you come out of the grave, the only way you can come out of the grave to meet the Lord in the air is you've got to be born again. You've got to be born again. You've got to be who in the place of Nicodemus, and Nicodemus was a ruler of the Jews. He was a, a high, he was a priest, and he came to Jesus by night. Now listen, he came to Jesus by night, and Jesus gave him a word of who the new birth. The new birth, and churches are not talking about it. Preachers are not talking about it. Preachers are not explaining this to the people that, man, except you repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you can't be saved. And when you get saved, that means you've been born again. You've got a new nature now. You're not born by man. You're not born by flesh and blood on this birth. You're born by the Spirit of God because Jesus Christ suffered in the flesh, died on Calvary, shed his blood, went down in the grave, came back with all power. Now he's able to say it if you want him, if you want him. Listen to what it says in the book of Acts because this is the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost, amen, it's powerful. It's powerful. It was what? The conception of the church. And there was no Baptist there. There was no Presbyterian there. There was no Catholic there. There was no Seventh-day Adventist there. There was no Jehovah Witness there. There was nothing but the power of God there and the burial, death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That was the only power that was at the first birth of the church. And listen to what it said. And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times and seasons which the Father has put into his own hands, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost is come upon you. Woo! And you shall be what? Wait a minute. Look here. You shall be what? A witness. You shall be what? A witness. You shall be what? A witness. A witness for who? Witness for Christ. A witness for salvation. A witness for his blood. A witness for his resurrection. A witness for his suffering. A witness for his love. A witness for his mercy. Why? Because by that he was able. The resurrection was able to open up a fountain that's filled with blood, huh? Flowed from Emmanuel's bed. If the sinner, good God Almighty, if the sinner fall beneath the flow, it'll lose all his guilty stain. Is your sin forgiven? Is your is your sin forgiven by the grace of God? Have you been sanctified? The only thing can sanctify you is what? The blood of Jesus Christ. Take off the lipstick. Put on the long dresses. Wrap yourself up that you can cover yourself. That don't save you. That don't save you. Wear a suit every Sunday. That don't save you. Have all the money in the world. That don't save you. 
Be good, that don't save you. Be bad, that don't save you. The only thing can save your soul is the blood of Jesus Christ. Until you repent of your sins and turn from your wicked ways, going to church don't save you. No, it does not. It does not. It does not. It does not. Being good don't save you. You got to be more than good. You got to be righteous. What? You got to have the righteousness of Jesus Christ. If you got your own righteousness, it's like filthy, dirty, rotten rags. Rags stink. In some saints of God, Lord, have mercy. It frightens me to see some saints of God still stinking. They're stinking. You ain't acting right. You ain't talking right. You ain't even going to churches right. You ain't even reading your Bible. You ain't even taking time for prayer. You ain't even loving and witnessing to people. You ain't, what you doing? You just going to church. You just going to church. You pay your little tithes and you think you're doing something. But God said, I don't want your tithes, really. Amen. I'm just, I'm just trying to build character for you. I'm just trying to make you, let you know you got a responsibility. But I, what I want is your soul. I want you to be what? What you say? A witness. Be evidence. The saints of God today is the evidence of the resurrection by the way you live. The evidence of the love of God. The evidence that he loves you. The evidence that you're a new creature. The evidence that you love people. The evidence that you want to see people's souls saved before they go to everlasting hell because without Jesus Christ inside of your life by the Holy Spirit through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you want to die and go to hell. And hell is no place to have a picnic, no place to jump and shout, no place to say hallelujah, no place to say uh, why am I here. It's no place for nobody. But Jesus Christ says, I prepared for the devil and his angel. And if you go to hell today, it won't be nobody's fault but yours because because Christ died, beaten, ridiculed, ostracized, embarrassed, mutilated. Nobody had the unction or had the power to climb up on the cross and take the nails out of his hand. And, and, and nobody was able to stand up and say, no, you're not going to crucify my Christ. Nobody had the power. Nobody couldn't do it. And here we got people living like a dog, talking about they're going to heaven, living like an old rat, talking about they're going to heaven. You ain't going to heaven until you bow your sin-bending knees before the cross of Christ because he do love you. He do love you. Oh, I know he loves you because I used to be an old rat, <laughs> be an old clown, talk I had it all. Come on now. Used to be in the street. Come on now. Come on out the street. The only way you can come out, you want to come out and come on and go on the freeway. Come on and go on the freeway, the freeway of holiness, the freeway of righteousness. And don't be going around with your head all up in the air like you got it all because nobody have it all. If you had it all, you wouldn't be here. If you had it all, you would be perfect. If you had it all, ooh, yeah. The only time that we're going to become absolutely perfect is when we get that new body. And that new body won't come until the trumpets blow. The trumpets got to blow first. And when the trumpet blow, Jesus Christ is going to descend from heaven with a shout, with the voices of archangels. And they tell me the dead, the dead in Christ, the dead of redeemed, the dead that have accepted Jesus Christ before they died in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, they're going to be raptured up, and we that remain alive, she's going to be called to meet the Lord in there. We're going to be there. And I don't care if you're a bishop. I don't care if you've been preaching for 
200 years. It ain't how long you preach. It's what you preach. And if you ain't preaching the unadulterated word of God, your preaching is in vain. And if Christ has not risen from the dead, you're in vain. If you think works is going to get you to heaven, you're in vain. If you think you can sing your way to heaven, you're in vain. If you think you can give uh, 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 money, you're in vain. If you think you can shout, you're in vain. If you think you can speak in tongues, you're in vain. Because if you have not love, the Bible says if you have not love, you ain't nothing. You ain't zero. Zero got to get up and walk away because zero could be something. Oh, yes. You got to be born again. You got to have a chain until the world know it. You got to have a chain until hell know it. You got to have a chain until heaven know it. You got to have a chain that your relatives and your uncles and your aunts and your wife and your friends know it. I've been born again. And when he said, when the Holy Ghost come, and you can't be a witness until the Holy Ghost come. You can't be a witness for Christ until the Holy Ghost come. And I, it ain't going to come around you. It ain't going to come underneath you. It's got to come inside of you. And when it comes inside of you, you can be a witness. You can be a testimony. You can testify. And you can tell somebody, man, I, I know him. I know him because I passed from death to life because I love the brothers. I love the brothers. And he says, unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and into the utmost parts of the earth. And when he had spoke these things, while they beheld, he was taken up. Jesus Christ was raptured up in what? In the book of Acts, the ascension of Jesus Christ. He was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. Jesus Christ left this earth 2,000 years ago. And guess what? The 2,000 years is almost up. The year 2,000 years is almost up. What I mean by that? I mean that Jesus Christ is soon to come back because Biblical-wise, every 2,000 years, every 2,000 years, something devastating happens, something wonderful happens. Listen to what I'm saying. From the time of Adam all the way over to the birth of Abraham, when Abraham came, that was 2,000 years. That was beautiful. That was wonderful. That was extraordinary. That was unique because Abraham became the father of many nations. And he became the father of the greatest nation on this planet right now. And that's the nation of Israel. Israel is the smallest nation on the planet, but yet until it is the greatest nation on the planet because they are God's people. God chose Abraham to bring forth what? Israel. When Israel came forth, the Bible tells me out of Israel shall come a branch. Out of Israel shall come a star. Out of Israel shall come a deliverer. Out of Israel shall come a emancipator. Out of Israel shall come a what? A, a son of God. A son of God. The son of God. God himself is going to come down to Israel through 42 generations. Come down to the tribe of Judah. And Judah come on down to the tribe 
until the time of his fullness of his birth. And when he came on down, the world, the world didn't even know that he had came down. Just a few folks. When Jesus Christ came the first time, wrapped in swollen clothes, you know how many people, amen, was aware of it? About eight to ten people was aware of the birth of Jesus Christ. Woo! Only a few people was aware that Jesus Christ was born. The shepherd boy, the wise men from the east, Mary and Joseph, Simeon. Just a few people in Israel, a remnant, a few people knew that Jesus Christ was born in a manger. No Santa Claus was there. No Mickey Mouse was there. Nothing was there but Christ born. Born to die. Born to hang on the cross. Woo! Born to talk from the cross. Born to drop his head between the locks of his shoulders. Born to put in a bar of grave. Born to stay in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. Born to get up on the third day morning with what? Born to have all power in heaven and earth in his hand. And born to come back again to get a church without a spot or wrinkle. But before he can come back, there's some fulfillment that has to take place. There's some fulfillment that has to take place. Amen. Amen. Israel has to come back and be in the land of Israel. Israel has to build a temple. Israel has to go back to the old sacrificial offering. Israel has to warn the world what's getting ready to happen. The Antichrist has to come back. The Antichrist has to take control of this world for what? Seven years of hell on earth. The first few and one half years will take part in the return of Jesus Christ. But Jesus Christ cannot come back to this earth until the fulfillment of the coming of the Antichrist. And the Antichrist can't come. He's already here. I guarantee you he's here. I know he's here. I could talk to you for about an hour, and I'll have you convinced by the Spirit of God that the Antichrist is here, know where he's born, know where he's at, know what he's getting ready to do, but yet still he has to come before Jesus Christ comes back. Jesus Christ won't come back until the end of the seven-year tribulation. He will not appear in heaven until the end of the tribulation period, but he's coming after the church. But he's not coming back visible to the world, but he's coming back visible to the church because the church is going to be removed from the planet after a while. After a while, the church is leaving here. Whether you believe it or not, whether you see it or not, whether you think it or not, because it's going to be like a twinkling of an eye. The dead in Christ is going to rise. The Antichrist is going to come. I know where he's coming from. He's coming from Western Europe. He's coming from the Roman Empire. He's coming from the Fowler Empire. They tell me already the ten toes, the ten horns, the ten crowns is already formed. And that's the NATO. That's the European common market. That's NATO. They're already here. They're getting ready to form it. The Antichrist is the 11th horn, spoken by Daniel the prophet. And he's already here. He's waiting for one thing to happen. The Jews are back in the land. The Falachi Jews are back in the land. The Jews are coming back to the land. And Jesus Christ says, I'm not coming back until all my people's in the land. 
They're coming back from Russia, China. They're coming back from India. They're coming back from Africa. They're coming back from South America, North America. They're coming back from the Middle East. They're coming back from the eastern eastern part of the European. They're coming back. Why? They, they're going to have to meet their Messiah. But before they meet the real Messiah, they're going to have to face the Antichrist. And the Antichrist, now get this now, the Antichrist cannot come until the great event worldwide take place. Worldwide. And the worldwide event that's getting ready to take place is that great event that men have been talking about for the last 2,000 years. The last two millenniums, people have got confused about it. People have got mystified about it. And that is the rapture of the body of Jesus Christ. The rapture of the body of Jesus Christ. And only, the only ones are going to be caught up in the rapture. You better check it out. The, who, who, who are the only ones? It ain't the hundred. 44,000, as the Jehovah Witness says, the 144,000 ain't got nothing to do with Jehovah Witness. The 144,000 has to do with what? The Jews. The Jews. The Jews. The Jews. Do you know the history of the Jewish people? The Jewish people were supposed to produce and pronounce Jesus Christ at his first coming, and they failed. And God cut them off. He cut them off. For the last 2,000 years, Jesus Christ would not preach that much to the Jews. And the Lord told him, I'm going to cut y'all off for 2,000 years. The gospel will be preached, though. And I'm going to start with you at the day of Pentecost. It was 120 Jews that was filled with the Holy Ghost, and they were filled, and they preached the gospel, but they did not accept Jesus Christ as the Messiah, as a nation, and God said, I'm going to cut you off, and I'm going to engraft. Oh, hallelujah, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to engraft the Gentiles into the body of Christ. And whether you Jew or Gentile, you are grafted in into the body of Christ, and that is the church. The church today is consistent more of Gentiles than it of Jews. But the Jews still have a right. But the Jews have never fulfilled what God called them to do. And that was to announce to the world that Jesus Christ is their Messiah as a nation. They have never done that. And because they have never done it, God says, I'm going to give you a seven-year period to announce my return. Because when y'all, when the Jews killed Jesus on the crucifixion, when they nailed him to a cross, they were cut off, were left not hearing the gospel and not preaching the gospel like God called them to do. So he cut them off, and now he gets ready to grab them. He don't grab them in to the church. And the church 
have been preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ for 2,000 years. The gospel of Jesus Christ has been preached that long. And it's still strong. It's still powerful. It's still the ultimate way that man can be brought back in the relationship with God Almighty. There is no other name. Jesus Christ said no man can get to the Father except to come by me. If you want to be saved, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to come to Jesus Christ. Don't, ain't no other ways, ain't no multiple ways to get to God, only one way. There's one way to get to God, that's Jesus Christ. I'm going to say it again. And so now the Jews are back in the land. By them being back in the land, the Jews are saying this, and God is going to permit it. He's going to permit them to build a temple, a third temple. And the Jews got to have their temple. They got to have it. And they're working on it right now. Right now, they are planning to rebuild and fabricate a third temple so they can offer up the old judicial sacrifices, and God said, I'm going to let you do it. I'm going to let you do it. I'm going to prove to you. I'm going to prove to you that you are absolutely wrong to the Jewish nation to believe that I'm going to let you go back to the old way of sacrifices and animals when I already done died and been buried and resurrected from the grave for 2,000 years, I'm going to prove to me you're wrong. The Antichrist will come. And the Antichrist cannot come until the body of Christ is removed. And how close are we? We are so close that close, ooh, close can't even believe it. We're so close that it ain't going to take long for the rapture to occur because it's going to be so quick and so fast that millions of people are going to be missing from the earth. Millions from where? From where? Maybe some will go from your church. Maybe some will be resurrected from your church. But whether you be in church or not, whether you be in the building or not, that ain't going to make no difference. That ain't going to stop you from going. Well, you can be down on the street. You can be down at uh, uh, Joe's house. You can be up there wherever you are. Amen. If you've been born again, there's some people on the streets that never been to church. Come on now. That done got saved. Woo! Good God Almighty. Done got saved. And there's some people in church, been in church for 40, 30, 50, 60 years, never confess Christ with their mouth and believe with their heart that God raised them from the dead and living a sanctified life. Sanctified life don't mean you go around with your head all up in the air thinking you better than somebody. Oh, no, that ain't sanctified. Sanctified don't mean that you put on, put on, put on, put on. No, that ain't sanctified. Sanctified is what? Separated from sin by what? By the blood of Christ. You've got to claim the blood of Christ. You've got to deny all other doctrines of the, of, of, of the world that the world's given and accept the doctrines of what? Salvation. Christ died. This Antichrist now is in Western Europe, alive, walking around. He's a king right now. He done went through his princehood. He's been the king. Of Spain since 2014, and he's ready. 
He's already, Jerusalem has already announced his father as the king of Jerusalem. But his father is too old. And his father gave the kingship to his son. And this son is handsome, tall, debonair, four-star general, no ten, no ten. He knows ten languages. He belongs to the black cult. He belongs to the Illuminati. He belongs to the Luciferians. He belongs to the secret societies of the world today because all the world's secret societies belong to Satan. The church is separated from all the cults, all satanic doctrines. The church is separated from that. Although there's some of these people in the church, and they're claiming Luciferians, and they're claiming Jesus Christ. But they're lost. They're undone. Because Jesus is the only way that man can be saved. And so this prince of this prince that's on the scene now. And we're living in an age now where the rapture is real close. We're living in a wartime society now where Gog and Magog, the wars that's getting ready to come up on the scene. Israel and Iran. You got over 40 wars around the world, 40 to 45 wars in the world today. You got earthquakes, you got famines, you got uh, 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 landslides, you got tornadoes, you got snowstorms, you got people being put out their homes, and you got sinkholes, and you got the Euphrates River drying up, and you got underneath the Euphrates River tunnels and caves where now men are hearing voices of chains locked up, angels are locked up, and they are hollering and screaming, get ready to be set loose. Look in the book of Revelation 16 chapter and look in the book of Revelation of the ninth chapter. There's going to be a time like never before these demons are going to be set loose on the face of the earth, and they're going to sting men that they want to die and can't die, and they're going to be walking zombies. And let me tell you, when, when, when the tribulation comes, when the tribulation comes, the church... The church of the living God will not be here. It won't be here. God has not called us of the children of wrath, but he has called us as the children of mercy and goodness, and he's going to remove his own body because Jesus Christ is not going to let his body suffer through the tribulation period because the tribulation is made just for Israel. Israel. God's got to shake up Israel. God's going to shake up Israel that their eyes will be open, and they're going to recognize their true Messiah. But when the rapture of the church comes, there's going to be a covenant that's going to be signed in Jerusalem by the Antichrist. And this Antichrist is going to give the Jews permission to rebuild the temple. And when he, when he gives the, the Jews to rebuild the temple, the Jews are going to consider him as being Jesus Christ. He will not be Jesus Christ. He will be an imitator. He'll be a crack. He'll be a quack. He's going to be a false Christ. And he is going to be able to rule the whole world for seven years. And that's it. And Israel is going to be the last people on the planet. Oh, look at here. Look at here. Look at here. 
Israel is going to be the last nation on the earth that's going to witness the Lord Jesus Christ. They are going to preach the gospel of the kingdom. They are going to be a witness of two prophets that come on the scene. There's going to be two two prophets that be able to stop it from raining and able to bring the plagues up on the earth. There's going to be 144,000 Jewish men coming out of Jerusalem because the gospel comes out of Jerusalem. The day of Pentecost can come out of Jerusalem. The Bible was written in Jerusalem. Oh, my God, my God, my God. God is going to bring his, his people back. And when he bring them back, he tells me, I'm going to send you what? I'm going to send you 144,000. 144,000. What? I'm going to send you 144,000 Jews, evangelist Jews, Jews that fill with the Holy Ghost, Jews that... Revelation mentioned in the seventh chapter of Revelation, and let's get it and see what it says. It says here, and after these things, this is the beginning of the tribulation. After these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow. What is the four winds? The four winds is calamity that's coming upon the first of the earth. The calamity represents university versus of God's administration actually refers to judgment, which will be stopped for a short period of time. Before the 144,000 come, God said, I won't start judgment until I seal them. I got to seal them. I got to seal them with the Holy Ghost. I've chosen these 144,000 Jews, I sealed them. That After I sealed them, then I'm going to unleash judgment on the earth. And he said, don't touch the earth, nor the sea, nor any tree. And I saw another angel standing from the east, having the seal of the living God. This is God's business. This is what God's doing. Man ain't got nothing to do with this. Man can't handle this. God said, look, I know the church done did all they could do. The church is with me now. All those that were saved was with me. And by them being with me, they cannot preach the gospel of grace no more. That's done. But I got 144,000 anointed, sanctified, Holy Ghost hammer-driving Jews. Woo! They're going to drive it home, sister. Sister, brother, they're going to drive it home. And he says, having the seal of the living God and cry with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, saying, hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them which were sealed. And there were still 144,000 Jews. Where would they be? In Jerusalem. 12,000. The number 12 represents, in the Bible, judgment. It represents the jury in the courtroom. 12 disciples. 
12 loaves of bread. Woo! 12 judgment. And each time John sees, he sees 12 tribes. And he said, out of the tribe of Judah, 12,000. Out of the tribe of Reuben, 12,000. Out of the tribe of Gad, 12,000. Out of the tribe of Asher, 12,000. Where's the church at? Oh, the church ain't there. Yeah, the church is in heaven when they seal these guys. Church ain't got nothing to do with it. There ain't no more, ain't no more prayer meeting. Ain't no more Bible study. Ooh, the church is in heaven. Ooh, ain't no more choir singing. Church is in heaven. Ooh, ain't no more picking up collection. Church is in heaven. Why? Because Jesus Christ raptured it. Now he said, I'm going to turn the last seven years over to the Jewish nation. Out of the tribe of Asher, 12,000. Out of the tribe of Nephilim, 12,000. Out of the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000. Out of the tribe of Simeon, 12,000. Out of the tribe of Levi, 12,000. Out of the tribe of Issachar, 12,000. Out of the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000. Out of the tribe of Joseph, 12,000. Out of the tribe of Benjamin, 12,000. 12 times 12,000 equals 144,000. And it will be broadcast, what? Worldwide. Worldwide. 25,000 miles is the circumference of the earth. If you will go around the world one time, it would equal up to 25,000 miles. Seven continents, and these 144,000 will be broadcast over the media. Every TV, every radio, every Internet will be broadcasting these 144,000 from New York City all the way over to Los Angeles, California, going across the Pacific Ocean, going over to Sangre Korea, North Korea, going down to Japan, come on down there to China, going across the Euphrates River and hit uh, Iran and Iraq. It's going to travel around the world. The message of this 144,000 Jews are going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ that he is Lord, that he's coming back again to set up his millennial kingdom. They're going to preach morning, noon, and night. They're going to preach 1,260 days. They're going to preach three and one half years. They're going to preach 42 months, three times and a half. They're going to preach. They're going to preach. They're going to preach. It's going to be announced. And the Gentile world and the Jewish world will hear the gospel of the kingdom from the mission that God gave the Jews in continuation to bring in the fold, bring in the soul, bring in those that was left here after the rapture. After the rapture, the gospel of the kingdom will take over. The gospel of the kingdom is telling the world Jesus Christ is coming back to set up what? His millennial kingdom, a kingdom where there will be peace. There will be a theocracy government. There will be a government rule with a rod of iron. It will be a good government that God will rule. And the Holy Spirit, listen to this, the Holy Spirit will be covering the earth. Lucifer, during the start of millennium, before the millennium can start, Lucifer has to be bound 
in the bottomless pit. Bottomless pit. He's going to be cast in there, and all his angels, wicked angels, Nephilims, demons, satires, wicked spirits will be cast into the bottomless pit and locked up for 1,000 years, and the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, will cover the whole world. Hallelujah! Men will beat their plowshares into puny hooks. Men will not learn war anymore. There won't be no more racial discrimination. There won't be no more killing and murder. There won't be no more lying and cheating and backbiting and whoremongering. There won't be no more adultery. If it is, the rod, Jesus Christ gonna rule with a rod and iron, and it ain't gonna be permit. It ain't gonna be put up with. It's not gonna be put up with. None. None of this stuff that's going on now, during the millennium reign of Jesus Christ, uh-uh. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. And you say, well, why is God going to let the millennium happen? Six days the Lord worked. Six days man has been upon the planet. Six thousand years man has been upon the planet and he has caused nothing but havoc and the devil has had six thousand years of hell on earth. Now he's gonna be locked up that he can't bind nobody, that he can't influence nobody, and Jesus Christ is gonna rule by the blood of Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost. And guess what? Those that came through the tribulation period in their natural bodies that got saved during the tribulation period will be able to go into the millennium reign. And they are going to reproduce another generation. They are going to produce a generation where man will not have to deal with sin anymore, but one sin they will have to deal with. One sin. One sin can put you in hell. What's that sin, Brother Bazaar? What did the Bible say? One sin. That sin that people are going to be in hell for, and that one sin is unbelief. Unbelief is the only sin can put you in hell because when you walk in unbelief, when you don't believe what Christ did for you on Christ, on Calvary's cross. When you won't repent, when you won't receive Christ in your life and be washed in the blood of the, of the Lamb and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, when you reject that plan of salvation and you die in your sin, you will go directly to hell, period. What about the other sin? Lying and cheating. Hey, if you get forgiven, that ain't got nothing to do with you going to hell. People say you go to hell for lying, go to hell for cheating, go to hell for committing adulteries. And the reason you're going to hell for that is because you're walking in unbelief. But if you believe that Jesus Christ died for your sin, he will save you from your sin. Guess what? It's unbelief that you will go to hell. But here we got the Jews preaching the gospel. 
The church will no more have a mission on this earth to preach the gospel until the millennium reign. So now God said, I'm bringing back my people in their land because they got a mission to do. Because after the 144,000 preached their gospels for three and one half years, that means January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, January, all for three and one half years, they are going to announce it and the world will hear it. Jesus Christ said, this is what Jesus said, the end will not come until the gospel is preached to all the world. And all the world can hear the gospel now because of our modern technology and our all our radio, all our internet, all our Twitters, all our TikTok, all those modern technologies that can spread the gospel around the world, in the jungles, everywhere. They are going to hear the 144,000 for what? Three and one half years. You're going to get up in the morning. And you will hear about Jews preaching. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all that whole three and one half years. And after the three and one half years are over, listen to me now. After the three and one half years are over, and we fall into the middle part of the tribulation period, John's saw this in the seventh chapter, the ninth verse of Revelation. After the three and one half, he says, After this I beheld, lo, a great multitude, which no man could number. Now listen, of all nations, all kindreds, and people, and tongues, stood before the throne of God and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palms in their hands. What are these? Let's read a little further. And cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation! Good God Almighty. Salvation to our God, which sits upon the throne. So we're gonna, they're going to be sitting, standing before the throne and into the Lamb. And all the angels stood round and about, and about the elders and the four beasts, and fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And then one of the elders answered, saying unto me, what are these? Who are these people? Where did they come from? What kind of people are they? Which are arrayed in white robes. And whence came they? And I said unto him, sir, you know. And he said to me, these, these are they which came out of great tribulation. After the rapture of the church, there will be a great worldwide what? 
revival. Revival. This is this is what they call a revival. People will be repenting. People will be praising God. People will be be, 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 be baptized. And people will be dying for their witnesses. These are the people that heard the gospel, not through the church, not through church witnesses, not through street witnesses, but they heard the gospel of the kingdom through the Jewish people. Thank God for the Jews. Because God don't come in numbers. God come in a remnant. And these Jews is a remnant. Preaching to the world. They let the world know that they failed God, but now they're going to fulfill what God requires them to do, and that is carry his name, carry his gospel, carry what he has given them. And what they give them is what they gave him in John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And there will be judgment going on at this time. There will be stars falling from heaven. There will be wars fighting. There will be killing and murder. But yet this gospel will be preached by the Jewish nation. And he says, therefore, are they before the throne of God and serve him day and night and in his temple. And he who sits on the throne shall dwell among them. And there shall be no more, there shall be no hunger, no more, neither thirst anymore, neither shall sun light on them. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto living fountains of water. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. This is the mid part of the tribulation period. The 144,000 did their mission. It was successful. Souls come into the kingdom. Souls standing before the throne of God. Souls with their robes on, washed in the blood of the Lamb. Praising God, giving thanksgiving and praise. And wonderful songs will be sung from these when, from these uh, 144,000 and from these that receive Jesus Christ during the time of the preaching of the 144,000 Jews. It will be a wonderful time. It will be a singing time. It will be a shouting time. It will be a crying time. It will be a, such a time like never before in human history. And earth is going to witness the greatest, the greatest revival that ever struck through the universe. And it's going to be done by the Jewish people. And the devil looks at this and he said, oh, my God, look at this. How in the world I'm going to win this battle? How in the world I'm going to take the place of God? How in the world I'm going to rule the world and the universe when all these souls will come to Christ? And Satan then will say, i got to do something. I've got to wipe these folks out. And that's where it comes in the middle of the tribulation period. In the middle of the tribulation period, the Antichrist is going to break 
the relationship and the covenant with the Jewish people, and he is going to cause an abomination, desolation, spoken by Daniel the prophet. What is he going to do? He's going to do a miracle that's going to shock the world. He's going to do a miracle that's never been done in human history. He's going to do a, a miracle that's going to deceive the world in believing that he is really God Almighty. In the middle of the tribulation, starting at the 12th chapter of the book of Revelation, if you go down there about the 6th or 7th chapter, he said there was a war in heaven. And this war is not the war what literally in heaven. This war is in first and second heaven. Called Lucifer was cast out of the third heaven, which is the heaven where God abodes. He is now the prince power of the air. So just up above your head, up there where the planets and the quasars at, Satan has his kingdom there. He rules from that. He's the prince power of the air. He rules there. And he knows in the middle of the tribulation, the time is short. What's going to happen? I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you what the Bible says is going to happen. The Antichrist is going to be alive. The first three and one and a half years is going to be pretty good, but it ain't going to last long. And in the middle of the tribulation, somebody is going to shoot the Antichrist and kill him. Let me slow down a little bit. He's going to kill him. And going to shoot him in the head with a bullet. Dead. The world is going to be sorrowful for about three days. Many people will say, what are we going to do now? They don't shot Jesus. A fake Jesus. <laughs> A fake God. They don't shot him. And they get ready to lay him in the morgue. They lay him in the morgue for three days. And they mourn for him. And yet still judgment is still occurring in this tribulation period. And then there's going to be a war in heaven, a little battle war, galactical divine between Michael his angels, and Satan and his angels. Lucifer will be dethroned from first and second heaven. He will be literally, listen to what I'm saying. This is Bible. He literally is going to be cast to the earth. And when he's cast to the earth, he's going to bring all his junk down here on the earth. And he's got a lot of junk up there. It's in another dimension, a dimension that man can't see, a dimension only God knows where it's at. He's going to bring all these UFOs and all these entities and all these demons and all these wicked spirits. They're going to be literally cast to the earth. And when Lucifer comes down through the atmosphere, the stratosphere, the honosphere, He's going to come down and swoop down in the midst of Jerusalem. And while the Antichrist is laying in the morgue, he's going to incarnate himself in the Antichrist and do what? Raise him from the dead. 
He's going to do a fake, phony, circus-type resurrection, just like Jesus came up from the grave with nail prints in his hand. Antichrist is going to come up from the grave with nothing in his hand, and the devil is going to incarnate himself inside the Antichrist and get up and say that he is God Almighty. He's going to go into the temple and desecrate the temple, abomination, desolation, spoken by Daniel the prophet. He's going to remove the Ark of the Covenant. He's going to dis- disarray the holies of holies and place his throne in the holies of holies and call himself God Almighty and rule the world from Jerusalem and use the image of the beast, which will be a automatic, semi-automatic, ultimate computer that will be able to track every human being on the planet. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. That is so unbelievable that the that those that look at it say, I can't believe it. But let me tell you, it's going to happen. It's going to happen because the Bible says it in the book of Thessalonians. Let's get the book of Thessalonians and see what the Antichrist is going to do. This is what he's going to do. In the book of Second Thessalonians, it says this. It says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. That's the rapture. That you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by words, nor by letter as from us. As that day of Christ is at hand. In other words, don't be disturbed when people tell you Jesus Christ is coming this day or that day, and He's gonna come in the midnight. He's gonna come in. He said, "Don't don't worry about that." But He said that day is coming when the church is translated. Three and one half years later, after the church is translated, the Antichrist is going to be resurrected and consider himself as being God. Third verse says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. The church has fallen away. The church, a part of the church, not the two churches, but I'm talking about the church is mixed up all within that. People have fallen away from the faith. They have fallen away from the faith that Christ set down and brought salvation to this earth by the cross. They are falling away from the cross. You don't hear the cross preached no more. You don't hear redemption preached no more. You don't hear a crucifixion of Jesus Christ preached no more. Everybody want a blessing. Everybody want this. Everybody talking about this. Everybody talking about this. But they have forgotten and fallen away from the blood of Jesus Christ and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the suffering of Jesus Christ, recognizing that if you don't give your heart to him, you are going to have to pay for your own sins. And the Bible said the wages of sin is death. And if you die in sin, you're going to have to pay. And the payment 
is hell's fire. There ain't no other way. For that day shall not come except they're coming to fall away first. And that man of sin be revealed. The Antichrist will be revealed to the world after the rapture of the church. After the rapture of the church, the Antichrist will be revealed. On the TV set, on the Internet, he will be revealed, the son of perdition. All right, listen. Who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God. He wants to be above the God of heaven. He wants to be above all the other gods that's in our world today, all kind of entities and all kind of uh, deities. He wants to be above all them of that is worship so that he, as, as God, sits in the temple of God. What temple? The temple that the Jews are preparing to build. The temple in which right now the Jews are measuring out how wide, how long, how tall. They're measuring out every material. They're going to they're going to carve it out first, and then they're going to set every block in order because no hammer, no chisel will be heard in the temple while they're building it. The first temple was built by Solomon. Second temple built by Zerubbabel. Herod reestablished it. And when he reestablished 70 A.D., that temple was desecrated and burned to the ground in 70 A.D. by Titus. And the Jews haven't had a temple since 70 A.D. 2,000 years, the Jews have never had a temple until the tribulation period. And the temple is a place where God dwells. And since God no longer needs to live in a temple, he wants to live in man. And man don't want God to live in them. And the only way God can live in you is through his burial, his death, his resurrection, his shed blood. Now the Holy Ghost can live in your temple. And your temple is the temple of God. Don't let it be defiled. This Antichrist will resurrect by the power of Satan. As you look at your TV set today, look at all the programs that you see is satanic. Everything, satanic, witches, all these magicians and all these blind superheroes is demonic. That's not the image of God. All these ways of man trying to reach God, all these false religions, false religions, over 3,000 false religions in the United States. Over 6,000 false religions 
worldwide. Religion is coming out of the pits of hell. And people are sucking it up. They're riding it. They're believing in it. They believe in all kinds of uh, drugs to, to, to get in touch with these uh, different kinds of occults, different kinds of uh, spirits that they can get hold of to think they are God Almighty and think they can rule the world. Your TV set, let me tell you, is devil-possessed. You hear what I said? Your TV set is devil-possessed. You can hardly find a good, a good, full gospel ministry on our TV you got a few that might come on this full gospel round preaching the unadulterated word of God just like it is in the Bible. And that's why God is going to send 144,000 after the church is gone because you've got so many different kinds of religions, you don't, uh, different ways to get to God. That it's a bungle. But when the 144,000 come, they're going to let you know this is it. This is, if you don't come to know Jesus Christ during the tribulation period and you don't receive it in the middle of the tribulation period, when the Antichrist resurrects himself from the dead, he's going to tell the world, if you don't fall down and worship the image of the beast and receive the what? The mark on your forehead head or on your right hand, you will not be able to eat or drink or buy or sell, make no difference who you are, and if you don't receive the mark of the beast and stand for Christ at that time, you will be beheaded for the witness of Jesus Christ, because that's what Jesus Christ told us to do, to be a witness, and if you receive the mark of the beast on your right hand or on your forehead, that means your soul, your soul, your soul is damned forever. After you receive that mark, you cannot be redeemed. After you receive that mark, you cannot be saved. If you receive that mark, you are saying that you believe that this Antichrist is God Almighty and it will be worshiping the devil himself. And once you make your allegiance to the devil, that means that you receive the mark of the beast and you are totally damned. Because many people will receive the mark because they refuse to say, I'm going to lose my bank account. I'm going to lose my home. I'm going to lose everything i got. i got to receive the mark in order to survive the three and one half years. But after the three and one half years, you want to be found at the throne of judgment. And if you've got that mark on your forehead, and then you're right. I don't care if you're Illuminati. I don't care if you're a movie star. I don't care if you're a church member. I don't care if you're a preacher. I don't care if you're a deacon. I don't care if you're all this and all that. If you receive that mark, you are damned forever because you have totally, ultimately rejected the plan of salvation, which is only in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Is your hope. I'm saying this because this is this is urgent. This is urgent. Easter is coming up pretty soon. Easter. 
Not Easter. That ain't Easter. That ain't Bug Bunny. That ain't eggs and, 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 and running around hiding. They, that ain't Easter. Easter come from the word Astar, a false goddess. But I'm talking about the resurrection. I'm talking about Jesus coming up out the grave. I'm talking about born again. I'm talking about redemption. I'm talking about sanctification. I'm talking about motivation and be a witness for Christ. And the world is going to celebrate the resurrection with Easter bunnies. That ain't that ain't thank that that ain't mine. And don't you know that Easter is one of the feast days of the Jewish feasts, seven feasts the Jewish have. Seven feasts. I'm going to name them for you. The first feast is Passover. Passover. The second one is unleavened bread. The third one is first fruits, which is the resurrection. The unleavened bread is the death of Christ. The Passover is the blood that he shed on Calvary's cross. The next one, the day of Pentecost, the birth of the church. The next one is the Feast of Trumpets. That's the rapture. The next one, Yom Kippur, that's the second coming of Jesus Christ. The next one, Feast of Tabernacle. That's the millennium reign. Out of all seven, only four has been fulfilled. Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, and Pentecost has been fulfilled literally. Literally has been fulfilled. The next three that has been filled over and over again because the Jews celebrated each year, the next Three to be fulfilled that have not been fulfilled is Feast of Trumpet. The rapture has not occurred yet. The next one, Feast of Yom Kippur, the second coming of Jesus Christ at the end of the tribulation period. The next one, the Feast of Tabernacle, represents the millennium reign, which is yet future. These three have not been fulfilled. And God keeps his promise. So, be on guard. Be on guard. Because I, I, I know this for a fact. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Everything is in just about in order. World War III is coming. The drying up the Euphrates River is coming. The rebuilding of the temple is coming. The restoring of Judaism is coming. All this has to do with the last three feast days. And these things could be fulfilled, one of them could be fulfilled this year. Listen to me now. The Feast of the Trumpet is used in the Bible as arm yourself, 
battle. You're getting ready for battle. Get ready for atonement. Get ready for an event. Get ready for judgment. When you hear a trumpet blow, it represents judgment. In September this year, the Jews are going to blow trumpets. And only the Jews know about them trumpets. Gentiles don't know too much about how the Jews work that trumpet and blow that trumpet. Only Jews was initiated by God Almighty how to blow that trumpet. When the people walk around Jericho, amen, the Jews only knew what was going to happen. The Gentiles didn't know nothing about blowing that trumpet. Jericho failed when the Jews walked around seven days, walked around seven times, seven days, and on the seventh day they blew trumpets. When they blew their trumpets, guess what? Jericho failed. Oh, Jericho failed. And guess what? Rahab was raptured out of Jericho before they blew them trumpets. Rahab said, look, I got to get out of here. Will y'all come and get me? And she put a scarlet, ooh, hallelujah, she put a scarlet ribbon in what? In her window. And before those Jews blew them trumpets, the Israelites went up and got Rahab and her family out of Jericho, and then the trumpet blew, and the Jericho wall fell. When Jesus Christ comes back, he's going to blow the trumpets. And before judgment, it's just earth. Jesus is going to blow the trumpet that descends from heaven, and when he blows that trumpet, the church is going to be removed and escape the wrath of God and judgment and destruction because the same type of shadow that the Jericho used, that the Jews used, it's going to happen, my friends. Jesus Christ is coming back. And when he come back this September, because we're at the edge and we're at the focal point. World War III is getting ready to occur. This is a president election year. Men today is in turmoil. Men today is in confusion. Men today don't know what to do. Men today, people, suicidal is up. Racial injustice is up. Everything that you see that's not like God is up. And God himself knows he's not going to let the church go too much longer through this. This Antichrist is getting ready, ready, and God is going to dry up the Euphrates River. Because the Bible says when you see this, this is a sign of his coming. It's a sign, basically, of the rapture. Because the Euphrates River is drying up because the kings of the east are going to prepare themselves to cross over, which is red China, Japan, North Korea, South Korea, Taiwan. The Oriental men are going to cross the Euphrates River. And it'll be at the close of the end of the tribulation period because the armies of the world, every army that's on the face of the earth is going to 
cross over, and they are going to go to Jerusalem, and they are going to what, try to ransack Jerusalem and tear it up and conquer it, and at that time, Jesus Christ is going to appear in the heavens. And as I close this evening, after 144,000 get through preaching the gospel, God's going to send two witnesses, two mighty men, two men, one is of fire and one is of the plagues. Brother Moses was known as a plague catcher. He brought plagues up on Egypt, 10 of them, 10 plagues. Flies, frogs, lice, until the people had to tell Pharaoh, let him go. Let him go. Don't take us through this, Pharaoh. Let him go. And the last one that Pharaoh decided to let him go was the death of the firstborn. And when all the firstborn was dead, that's the oldest one in the family, the firstborn of every family. And Israel was in Goshen, and they didn't suffer judgment. And when Pharaoh said, let them go, God gathered them up, and they got out of Egypt. And when Christ comes back, he's going to take the church. Oh, oh, I love the church. I love every person whether they saved or not saved. But I love those from the household of faith. I love people. Because there's going to be nothing but love in heaven. Nothing but love. Love everywhere. Oh, ain't going to be no hate. Ain't going to be no ism or tism. Ain't going to be nothing but joy and peace. No more wars. Russia is in trouble. Russia don't have no ammunition. Russia is short of men. Russia going to have to get somebody together so they can go down on, try to make an attempt to go down on Jerusalem and ramsack it. So Putin is looking towards five nations. Right now, he's looking for five nations to join him to go down there and ramsack Jerusalem. And I don't care who you say, what you say, where you come from. How, I don't care how tall you are, how pretty you are. Whenever you mess with Israel, you're hanging yourself. Those are God's people. You touch Israel, you touch God's eyeball. You touch eyeball of God, you touching teardrops. And when God sheds tear when you mess with Israel, he's going to do something. And Russia's going to be defeated. World War III, this is my strict opinion. World War III will happen after the rapture because there's going to be destruction in the land. There's going to be fire rain out of heaven. There's going to be earthquakes. There's going to be men slaughtering themselves in the valley of, 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 of on the mountains of Israel until they have to take them seven months to bury them, seven months to bury the dead, and seven years they're going to burn their weapons. Woo! That Bible. 
That ain't no joke. You can sit in your pews. You can you can you can you can shout and all that. But this is real. God's gonna 